Hello and welcome to Soulful Sessions, the show that creates a space for people to chat openly about spirituality, personal growth and share their life experiences. We care about allowing people to open up authentically and share their soul. I hope you'll join me on this journey of bringing authentic and conscious content to the world through the voice of my incredible guests. If you love our stuff, remember to like and subscribe to never miss an episode and hit us up at SoulfulBod on Instagram. Um, but yeah, so I, I literally was looking at your form and what super interested me was enlightened business, you know? Okay. So cool. I, I kind of want to like, you know, have a, have a chat about that kind of route and stuff. But I guess, you know, if you want to want to introduce yourself and like give a little bit of a, a view on your story, um, just to to sort of bring us in yeah sounds good sounds good so um you know thanks for having me i'm always excited to do stuff like this because it, it's yeah fun to see what's what's going to come out and what's going to come forth and where we go mm. from here so um yeah i mean i'll give you a quick rundown so i've had a 15-year journey to being a, a coach and a leader and a, a wellness teacher and a yoga teacher um and it all kind of happened i'm going to say by chance or by accident even though I believe it happened by divine intervention um, at the end of the day. But I started my my career as, you know, being a corporate manager and working in sales and working in, you know, working my way towards being an executive. And it was everything I wanted. I had gone to school for business. I'd always wanted to be a CEO. I always wanted to be rich and successful. And I found myself a couple of years after college being pretty miserable, you know, pretty unfulfilled. And actually just found myself being a pretty big jerk because I didn't have the skills to regulate myself. I didn't have the skills to take care of myself. I didn't know anything about meditation. didn't know anything about stress management. So I just found myself being really unbalanced and unhappy. Um, and as a result, one of my good friends got me into yoga. He said, you know, I, I think this is going to help. I'm doing this thing. Why don't you try it? And I went with him and it was horrendous and I hated it. <laughs> I couldn't touch my knee. And I couldn't touch my knees and I couldn't focus for more than a second. And and I remember just being so humbled by yoga. As an, as an athlete, I'd never been so bad at something physically in my life. But then I, I kept going back, which was interesting because I didn't like it at first. And I kept going back for, for six months. And I finally had this moment of, oh, yoga's giving me space, right? It's giving me a chance. What do you to- think was it that kept making you go back then before you actually had that kind of revelation? Like what actually yeah. made you keep going back, do you think, if you were just hating it at the time? It's an interesting question because I can look back now and now I have the awareness to understand what was going on. In the moment, honestly, I I think it was because I, it was giving me glimpses of feeling good. Mm-hmm. It was giving me glimpses of of space and not having to be the boss, not having to be in charge, not having to be this kind of persona that I created. And it was giving me time to be with myself and mm. just feel good, you know, and, and move my body in a way that felt nice. And, and at, then at, it was a really good question. Cause at the time I didn't have the awareness mm. of that, you know, mm. but just, I don't, it was a calling. It was kind of, it just kind of, I always kind of feel like yoga chose me in a way, like it wanted me to, mm-hmm. like yeah. That. And so after about six months, I just started realizing like, I'm not living the life I want to live. Like I'm not happy. And I had, I don't know if I would have left my job. I think I would always stayed, stayed in the corporate world, but I actually got, I got mugged and uh, oh my I, gosh, got by a couple I wasn't expecting that part was of walking, the story. Oh, yep. Yep. Oh, yeah. No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. It's all, but it's all part of it. It's all perfect. And I actually, I was walking home from a business meeting in a suit with my roommate. Mm. And the guys must have thought we had money. Mm. They jumped out of the car and they mm. robbed us, took our money, took our phones. And we had literally mm. got a fight, a fight for our lives. And I woke up the next day and I was at my desk 
And I remember sitting there and I asked myself, I said, if I would have died, would I have been happy with my life? And the answer was no. It was like a resounding no. And I tried for another month or two to, to stick with it. And I had one day I was in my office and I couldn't type. My heart told me, it said, you're done. And, and I remember that moment. I could not type on my keyboard. So I, I, you know, I sold everything I owned and I, and I moved to Asia and I lived in Thailand for Whoa. a couple of years and I moved to Mexico and I lived there. And I just kind of spent three or four mm. years finding myself, studying, uh, learning about myself, traveling the world. And I at some point decided I wanted to come back to the States and, and teach people the things that I had learned that had helped me re remove my stress and find more joy. And that's, that's how I got into being a yoga teacher. That's how I got into being a, a wellness mm -hmm. coach and leader. Uh, it was through my own pain, through my own struggle. And, and I always wanted to share the benefits of these practices with the world because uh, I'd seen how much it changed me. Uh, and that's, that's kind of the 15 year story <laughs> of how I went from a corporate, corporate manager to, you know, an entrepreneur, to what I would call, you know, like a, a conscious mm -hmm. coach or enlightened entrepreneur who, you know, my focus is, is helping other people thrive and find happiness through in the way, in the ways that's right for them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's been a long journey. It's been a challenging one. It's been fun all at the same time. And I, and I really do think that a lot of it has been divine intervention mm -hmm. and things that have occurred that I look back and I'm really grateful that I was, that I was mugged. I was really great. I'm really grateful for those guys that, uh, were willing to wake me up because I don't know if I would have ever woken up without such an, such a catastrophic experience in my life. And I needed something that strong to pull me out of, mm -hmm. you know, the image of who I thought I was supposed to be. So I'm really grateful for all that. I, I couldn't say that at the time, no, no. Uh, but now, but, but now I can. I love that. And I think that's a big part of this journey is learning gratitude towards those moments that in the time felt like something that yeah. we couldn't handle, something that was going to absolutely ruin our lives. And it's about shifting that perspective to have gratitude towards it. So for yourself, like, how did you do that shift? Obviously, you had this moment where you realized you kind of couldn't be in the world and couldn't be in the life that you were living. So how was it adapting to that shift? And how was it that actually took you um, towards more movement in your journey and towards a more gratitude towards these moments? It, it wasn't easy, you know, and it took... It probably it took me probably over five years to create some space around that incident. You know, I had I had PTSD around it when I would walk alone at night. I would always check over my shoulder. Or if I ever went down an alley, I would get scared. So it stayed with me for a very long time. You know, at least five years, if not more, uh, before I could start to kind of see the beauty in it. Before I could kind of start to see some of the perfection in it. And I think some of that is just time. Mm. Some of that space, you know, when things happen to us in the moment, we we take them so personal because we're so attached to them. And as over time, we can start to step back mm. and then start to see, oh, this created this, and then well, I wouldn't be where I am without that. Oh, okay. So then it was necessary, and you're going to hear me say the word perfect a lot, and that's what I mean by it. Like it wasn't what I wanted by any means, but it's what I needed. Yeah. Um, and in the moment. That can be really hard to see. And I feel the same way about COVID, for example, where it's not what we want. It's not what we've wanted at all. But I think in a lot of ways, it's what we've all needed because we needed to slow down. Mm -hmm. And I do really believe that in a year and five years and 10 years, we're going to take a step back and go, oh, wow, I'm grateful for this experience because it shifted me in so many ways that I wouldn't be experiencing now. And, and I think we're too probably too close right now to feel that in a lot of ways, but Maybe there's people out there that are starting to feel that. I mean, no, for me, COVID has helped me really create boundaries, mm -hmm. like oh, really create boundaries, same, and, same. and especially, 
yeah, as a healer, as someone who works with people one-on-one, like, you know, I've, I just have set a hard line now that I don't work with anyone before 10 a.m. because I need two hours in the morning to do my meditation practice and set myself up for success and really give myself my best self first before I give it to the world. And that's something I've wanted to do for years and I didn't have the confidence to do it or I didn't have the guts to do it. And, and COVID really helped me create boundaries and to really walk the walk and put myself first. So that would be just an example of, you know, if we can take it less personal, if we can get some space, we can quickly start to see that, oh, things are working out just as they're supposed to. And again, not maybe how we want. That's <laughs> a very different thing. And then I think as we practice that, then we can start to see that gratitude more often, right? And that, you know, if you would hear someone say like, we want to have like an attitude of gratitude and and gratitude breeds you know, contentment, it, mm. it breeds a sense of joy, it breeds a sense of acceptance and happiness, you know, where expectations breed a, a sense of disappointment. Totally. You know, and, totally. They breed, and they breed a sense of, of sadness, because we, we expect the world to do things for us rather than being grateful for what we have. And it's, it's such a powerful shift. And it's one, I think it's one we got to practice. For the most definitely part. and how and i guess yeah. i guess a lot of people very much struggle with practicing that um they it's i guess that's in a lot of attachment to things and also a lot of i guess the way society feels like we have to strive all the time and we have to you know chase our goals in in a sense so how would you say for someone who is like okay i want to practice gratitude more how can they actually bring that more into their lives and actually walk that path a bit a bit easier mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great question because I've started, I mean, I've realized this and I'm sure you have too, like you can't just tell people to be grateful, right? Like you can't tell, I used to tell people when I first started teaching meditation, like, you know, just be mindful. And people are like, what do you mean be mindful? Like, it's not a fair thing to say. I think more importantly is as coaches, how do we teach people how to be mindful? How do we teach people mm-hmm. how to be grateful, right? And it it starts with awareness, it starts, so someone might watch this and go, wow, I've never heard two people talk about the power of gratitude before. And then now they might have an idea or an example of, oh, here's something I can go do is practice this attitude of gratitude. And then, well, maybe they don't know what that means. Maybe they don't know what that looks like. But now they have the awareness to start to go and create it. Once we have the awareness, then it's like, okay, well, now how do I do this? Well, maybe I need to listen to some podcasts on this. I need to go read Brene Brown's book on on this, right? I need to start to research what gratitude looks like, how to do it, how to put it into action. And then once you got that, then it's practice, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think for a large, to a large extent, we're trying to, let's say like elevate or increase our positive kind of qualities and decrease our negative ones. So let's just say, let's just say for lack of better words, that gratitude is a positive quality and expectations a negative one. Let's say someone's, you know, 51% in expectation and 49% in gratitude. How do they start to shift that? So now they're 51% in gratitude and 49% in expectation. And once we do that, then we build what's called momentum. Mm. right and momentum likes momentum momentum doesn't care if it goes goes left or right it's not attached momentum goes oh you want me to go negative perfect we've all been there momentum goes oh you want me to go positive sure and that's called like being in the flow or in a groove so once you start to develop a habit of being grateful it'll start to grow 
and it'll actually take less energy over time, which is, which is the beautiful part about that, right? At first, it takes more energy to build the habit. Once the habit's in, in, in there ingrained, it doesn't take energy because it's part of your operating system. That's just how you operate more or less from this space of gratitude and appreciation and present moment rather than expectation and judgment, you know, and, and making things right or wrong. So it's a process. And once you start to practice it, once you start to make it something that's at the forefront of your mind, you naturally start to create it. The thing is, you know, people can write notes up in their house, on their mirror, be grateful, or, you know, start every day with, 10 things you're grateful for. I find whenever I start to think of things I'm grateful for, I can't stop, mm. which is very interesting. Like if you, if I were to go think of five things I'm grateful for, I would get to five and then I would just, my mind would keep going because then it starts to go, oh my God, I'm grateful for so many things. Totally. The same way, if I were to if I were to think of things I'm not grateful for, that list could get pretty big pretty quick quickly as well. So whatever we focus on is what we create. Mm. Whatever we think, say, and do, we manifest. I think we want to learn how to manifest and think in a more positive way because it tends to make our life go a little better. Definitely. I, um. I agree. I agree <laughs> completely. And I think when we talk about positivity, I think we should, you know, obviously clarify that that doesn't mean, you know, that everything is going to go beautifully and according to plan. There's always going to be challenges along the way. But as we said earlier, like in those challenges are opportunities for us to just grow even more. And I liked what you said there about it's like a shift. It's shifting your mm -hmm. perspective. It's shifting the way that you live your life and it's not I think people sometimes expect we go back to this expectations thing again that suddenly they're going to start practicing these things and then a week later they're going to be great gratitude grateful every mm -hmm. single day and be able to turn up in that way every single day but it's those baby steps and it's those like allowing the process to unfold in a natural way and, a, and realizing you know as you go on this journey you have like mini aha moments where you're like whoa I've come so much further than I was two mm -hmm. months ago. And you don't even realize it's kind of happened. Do you feel like that was quite a process for you? Because obviously you said you had those five years of yourself really getting to know yourself. Do you feel like for you, it was kind of like, you know, mini baby steps that you kind of noticed along the way through that developed awareness? Yeah, it seems to me it's gone in, in, in a couple of different ways. Some of these baby steps that are really subtle and you don't notice. Mm until until something happens right and or until like a big event happens and then you realize whoa i reacted so differently right there than i would have a month ago six months ago a year ago and you go oh i didn't realize how much i've grown right i see that all the time with my my coaching clients mm. I mean, they think they're not progressing they think they're not making changes and then something happens in a relationship or at work and they're just like oh yeah that was cool like yeah my boss yelled at me and I didn't get stressed out and I was like just totally present and I breathed into it and you know, it was, it was all good. And you're like, did you just hear what you just said? And then they're not paying attention and they don't, you repeat it back and they're like, holy crap. If that would have happened a, a year ago, I would have had a meltdown. You know, I would have eaten a whole entire jar of peanut butter, or, you know, whatever, the, whatever the, the uh, kind of reaction is. And it's, yeah, it's those moments for sure when you're going, oh, I didn't realize how much I've grown because they've been mm. so subtle, right? And it's it's practice. It's simple. That's why it's called a yoga practice or a meditation practice. You know, we're, we're practicing for 20 minutes, an hour a day, an hour a day for those other 23 hours, yes. right? And then we're starting. And then I'll, I've noticed over time, I'm able to stay more present and centered because it, going back to what I said before, it's, that's more of my, my general way of being. Right. And 
it can be so subtle. And that's really important. We, we've talked about expectations now, which I love. And it's like removing the expectation that things are going to go well, removing the expectation that you're always going to be happy, removing the expectation that life's going to you know, always bring you what you want because it might not. But if you're paying attention, you can make, you can more easily see that even though you're not getting what you want, it might be perfect, mm-hmm. right? And there might be and there might be so much to learn and grow from by not getting yeah. what you want. There might be so much growth in there if you're paying attention to, you know, things going against you. And then it's like, oh, now I can really check in and see how I'm doing. One of my students said recently that. It's so easy to not judge when you're when you're in a good mood. Can you learn to not judge when you're in a bad mood? And I think that's kind of mm-hmm. what we're talking about now, right? It's like, okay, if I'm in a good mood and I'm in a flow, it's so much easier to be positive so and happy and, and optimistic. Can I still do that if things aren't going my way? Can I still do that if I'm in a bad mood? And I think that, Emma, would be a really good check-in for people of, how am I doing spiritually? How am I doing in my awakening process? Can you still stay centered and, and aware when things aren't going your way, when you know, ne- let's say quote unquote negative things are happening? So that would be a really beautiful way to start to check in is how are you responding when mm. life gets tough? How are you responding? How are you responding when the world gets turned upside down? I don't know, 2020, COVID. Definitely. How, able are you to, how able are you to stay centered and not take mm. things personal? What ability do you have to stay present when the light, when the world's upside down? And this has been a great chance to practice mindfulness, a great chance to practice spiritual, you know, mm-hmm. tools. Uh, I mean, it's probably the best one we've ever seen in our life, actually. I totally agree with that. And I think even for people that already are spiritual, like this year, I mean, I've kind of been on journey for the past five years, I guess. Um, and for me, the past year has just been huge, you know, Mm -hmm. so for everyone, it's been this awareness that has just leveled up, you know, for themselves and for their lives. And I loved what you're saying then about, you know, going through these moments, and just even in the most difficult times, the most challenging times, when we're not feeling great, you know, how can we still show up with those with those ground like foundations for ourselves, those mm-hmm. awareness, that, that awareness capability, how can we still show up in that way in these moments? And that's where I think one of my favorite sort of things is through through that surrender, you know, through that surrender to those moments. And I think you talked about, you know, divine intervention there. Do you feel like, you know, that's what is brought in when we have these these challenging, these difficult moments as kind of a test in a way for us? Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, it. This all depends on on each and everyone's own philosophy. But you know, mm-hmm. for me, my philosophy is much more of a yogic one, that everything's unfolding just as it's supposed to in the universe, right? Mm-hmm. And and I'm talking from a universal experience, not more from a human one, right? Because I'm not going to mm-hmm. sit here and say there aren't negative things happening around COVID. There's not a tremendous no, of amount course. of pain because there is, there is right, and sometimes that can get confused. There is, but I believe from a universal perspective everything's unfolding just how it's supposed to well or else it wouldn't be Mm. you know it's like it's kind of hard to argue with that well it wasn't supposed to happen well it did happen so that probably tells you that it was all that was ever going to you know and and this would be the way i see the world is that you know god's coming through us and we are our job is to come down into the physical form and experience life experience the, the world to learn and grow so that God can understand itself through us or divine can understand itself through us. Um, so in that sense, 
everything's unfolding how it's supposed to. And it's almost like there these are breadcrumbs being left from our, our, our soul and our personalities. And I'm kind of all over the place with this, but I'll try to put it up to clear it up. No, no, it sounds great. Our, we've got our, our, like our personality and our soul, right? Our soul would be connected more so to God and it knows. It knows what our life plan is. It knows what our mission is. It knows what our purpose is. Our personality is down here, busy taking things personal, judging things, freaking out. Our ego is having issues, acting like a little child. So we've got this, this duality thing going of our personality or our physicalness. And then we also have this spiritual thing going of our soul, of our purpose, you know, of our connection to God. And our soul is up here just going, hey, everything's perfect. You've got this. Trust yourself. And, and I believe our soul has left us breadcrumbs, mm-hmm. right, in essence, so that our, our personality, you know, for me, so I'm in yoga class. Okay, that was one breadcrumb. And I'm starting to wake up. Okay. And then I was mugged. All right. That's another breadcrumb. And then I go and travel and then I learn about myself. Okay. And that's another one. And then, you know, and then at some point I find, I find my masters now that I study with and those are breadcrumbs. Right. And then it's like, oh, and I, when I look back, I can see how each and everything that's happened in my life has led me to this moment. Right. Which is leading me back to myself, my big self, which is leading me back to my soul and creating you know, really what I believe is our soulmate, which would be our personality and our, our higher self mm. becoming one. So it's that process, right? So yeah, we, we can't mess it up from that lens, which is yeah. really like, it's such a deep breath. It's such, it's so, it's such a relief to go, wait, I can't mess it up because this is me waking myself up to myself to get myself back to my soul, uh, back to my connection to divine. So from that lens, everything's happening to wake us up, whether it be good, bad, or indifferent, it's all a chance for us to learn and grow through our experience of this thing called life, <laughs> through this experience <laughs> of this thing called being human, which can be really hard because we're down here getting our ass kicked and God or divine's up there just hanging out and it's all perfect, right? And <laughs> how, do we, how do we blend those two understandings? That life is challenging and it's hard and life's perfect and it's divine. Well, that's a paradox and they're both true. And it's our job to figure out how to make that, you know, sit within each of us in our own way. And that's all we really can do. I think our job as teachers and coaches is to help other people get to their own understanding of that. I don't want someone to get to my understanding of that because it's not going to work for them. Right. Mm. You got to get to your own understanding. I got to get to mine and everyone listening has to get to their own through their own language, their own experience, because we're all different. Mm. We're all we're all unique. Mm. Definitely. I think that's so important to point out because I think. You know, I guess a lot of people who go on the spiritual journey, they find something that really resonates with them and they kind of want everyone to do what they're doing because it worked for them. But I think the real understanding of being a coach or a guide, whatever it is, is to guide people to their own version of whatever that is to help guide them back to, to, in my opinion, source and love Mm -hmm. and that. And, and it's, it's understanding that our own unique experiences make us unique here. So we can only do that in a unique way for for each of us. Yeah, so perfectly said. Totally agree. So I guess I wanted to pick up on this as well because um, you, you obviously mentioned about like enlightened business and this is an area that super, super interests me because obviously it's kind of what, what I've gone into. And mm-hmm. so how how do you feel that we can bring, you know, these concepts and these foundations 
into business and why is that so much needed? Yeah, it's a great question. And I actually got the, my, I always know I'm supposed to pay attention when the, when the hair on my arm stands up like it is. So that, that tells me we're in the right, we're in the right area right there. So yeah, I mean, a lot of this is again, through my own, and just like you were saying, this is, we each have to understand this through our own being, through our own unit. And for me, going from being a corporate manager to being a yoga teacher, I've gone from having success and money be the forefront of my life. And I wasn't happy. And then I've also gone from having spirituality and non-attachment being at the forefront of my life. And I've also not been happy there because they're extremes. So Mm -hmm. from my own journey, I'm an extremist. I've had to go from all the way left, all the way right to now find a balance of, oh, it's important that I take care of myself. It's important that I make money for my, for my family, for my, you know, for my company so I can be healthy and be happy and enjoy my, my physical life. Cause I believe that's what we're here to do as well. Mm. And how do I also maintain a sense of purpose and connection and, you know, serving the greater good so that I can have this reality that is a very physical one and a very spiritual one. So I'm really kind of talking about, you know, business through like the lens of like, of like tantric, you know, yogic understanding that, you know, anything and everything can be used as a tool to move you towards a deeper life, you know, and and I believe everything, everything we do can be a spiritual experience if we pay attention. Right. So, you know, just for example, I was, I was teaching um, in a yoga teacher training this past weekend and I was teaching them about how, how do we understand and how do we blend making money and making a career out of being a yoga teacher, which can be really sticky, right? It can be really sticky of, oh, wait, I don't want to sell healing. I don't want to make money off of healing. And it's like, well, you need to pay your bills, right? Especially if you live in, like, I live in San Francisco. Like, <laughs> it's not cheap. <laughs> there's got to be a way you, you got, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, how can you take care mm-hmm. of your, your students, right? And so there's just this blending of understanding that it's important yeah. to have a physical and a spiritual experience. The way I, I would approach that through through business is what I would call my three P's. So it's how do I live a life and create a business? And especially in our case, like a heart-centered mm-hmm. business that has purpose, passion, and prosperity. Love that. Right. And what I've noticed through my own experience is that when I have a connection to my purpose – really in essence to my dharma which is my my duty on this planet like why am i why am i specifically here on this planet like what is my job right so i believe to a large extent my job is to wake myself and other people up to their own divine understanding to their own connection to god to realize that they're perfect okay so that's my purpose in life right once i know that emma like i don't have to get out of bed right? It's like, there's something behind me that says, here we go. Like it's time to get up and serve your purpose. And that can be done anywhere and everywhere. It can be done right now. It can be done coaching. It can be done leading my staff. It can be done being a, being a person at the bar, just having a drink and just lit. Right. So then once I find, once you connect to your purpose, life gets a little more, let's say exciting, like life gets a little deeper, right? that can breed passion that can breed a sense of like excitement and joy and like just a, a willingness and a, and a desire to create and be and do mm-hmm. things right. And much more like in a connected to kind of source way to use your word, right. You're kind of plugged in, 
and these, and then your purpose starts to live through you. And that I found can lead, can lead to prosperity, mm-hmm. right? And not just financial, but also like a life that's prosperous and relationships are prosperous. I think we, we need more of that in our world. And there's a, there's a need for us to move away from having profits be the, the first thing we focus on and, and more so having people be the, the first thing we focus mm-hmm. on and relationships, right? And I really believe we're at, we're just at the forefront of all this stuff and we're going to see in the next 5, 10, 20 years that companies are going to be really held responsible for their their employees' wellness, for their health, for their for their mental health especially because the way we're working, the way we're living, I don't think it's it's not working to a large extent. I totally you know, agree. we're destroying the environment. We're destroying the environment, we're destroying our mental health. Most people don't have work-life balance. You know, I see with the majority of my clients, they don't have boundaries around work. Whatever work wants, they do. And companies know this, so they take advantage of it. And I think there's a big need for us to wake up to leading from our hearts, right? Rather leading from our desire to make money. Because once we do that, life gets so much more exciting and we're going to have better employees, happier employees, and the world's just going to be a little better place to live in. And we can do that through business. They don't have to be exclusive. They don't have to be separate things. I think we're told that money and, you know, taking care of people need to be separate. They no. don't. They don't. They can totally be the same thing. So that's that's a lot of where I see the mm-hmm. world. That's where a lot of I see my mission as a coach too is to teach other coaches this. But yeah, what's how do you think about it? I mean, I I, I love that. I, I I absolutely love that. And I really just, I, I agree with the sense in, it's like, it's like an energy, right? So like mon- like the way I see money is it's like an energy, right? So you give your gifts through whatever your gifts are as, uh, as an entrepreneur. And that money comes back to you in the form mm-hmm. of energy because obviously you're getting something back for putting your gifts out into the world. And that money, not only does it help you financially, you know, with, with your life, but it also enables you to help more and more and more people. It also allows you to connect with more and more people. It's just the way that the world is. It works on, you know, to actually go and do things, you have to kind of sometimes have mm-hmm. money to go and do them. And to go do it on a larger scale, sometimes that's where the money comes in and it helps you do those things that you really want to do. But it's about shifting our perspective of like that mm-hmm. need to have that money. Yeah. We're showing up in a way that's like, we're showing up because we want to show up and because we want to change the perspective of the way people see the world. We're not showing up to make money, but that kind of naturally comes because it. the universe wants to support you with what you're doing. The mm-hmm. universe wants to support you with your mission always. That's, that's kind of how I see, how I see like, you know, the mission of people that are, I guess, you know, trying to change the world, trying to open people's eyes to, to a, a beautiful way of living, which it really is, you know, even even in the challenging times, I wouldn't change this kind of journey for the world, mm-hmm. really. Even like what you just said of looking at money as energy, that right there puts such a shift on on business, right? And it, it removes the the kind of emotional charge around it, right? It's like, oh, it's not money, it's actually energy, right? So mm-hmm. when you can when you can tune into that and go, oh, okay, I'm gonna sit with someone. I'm going to give them my energy. They're just going to give me money back in return. It gets so much cleaner, right? That it can remove a lot of the manipulation around mm. business, around money, especially like you just said, the key word was this need Definitely. to have it. Like we would call that in yoga, a parigraha, which means grasping, 
the sense of I, I need this money in order to feel better. I need this <laughs> money in order to feel important. No. From that perspective, you're in a state of less. You're in a state of lack. How about from a state of abundance of I don't need I don't need anything to make myself feel mm. better because I I love myself. I'm full. I'm whole. And when you can do that, then money will flow, right? And it becomes less of the thing that you have to have and more of the thing that serves you and helps you with your mission, helps you serve others, and it's and also will support you, which is so cool, right? Because like energy attracts like energy. So if you've got a negative mindset around money or business, you're going to attract negative, you know, negative energy around money and business. If you've got a positive one, you're going to attract the right people, the right business partners, the right values that are going to create a business that has a lot more purpose and kind of, you know, power and, and just benefits. So, I mean, this is all stuff that we can talk about it, but people have to experience this. You know, because we're not, we're not taught, we're Definitely. not shown. I was never shown when I went to business school that put people first, you know, and, and really understand your employees, understand their emotions and understand how the way you manage them affects their health. Like we're not taught this stuff. So I kind of go back to what we talked about before. We got to practice it a little, you know, and we got to practice. Okay. What happens if I don't put money first for, for a week? What happens if I put my employees first? What happens if I really sit down? And listen to people and coach people and lead people rather than tell people what to do and treat them like, you know, they're kind of like they're our servants. Like, try it, you know, and then, and then you might go, whoa, my employees are happier. Wow, my employees want to be here. Wow, they're doing a better job even though I'm not working them as hard. That's some things you got to see on your own and kind of test. Um, but these are all real things that are out there and real things that I've seen, you know, in my businesses and with my staff. It's once I found out that the way I manage people affects their health, like that was enough for me to stop mm. telling people what to do and enough for me to stop pushing people past their their own boundaries because I don't want that karma. I don't want, I don't want, you know, I don't want to affect my employees' health because I want to make more money. So, but this is all our own inner work, inner work too. Definitely. And I think it's it's difficult for people to see it from that perspective because they just kind of have, we have so much outdated views when it comes to business. We really do. So like, how do you think people can actually really start making these shifts? Like if it's, a, if you're a business owner and you're like, how do I make these shifts? Like I'm starting to realize that I need to do them in, in my business. Yeah. How can they do that? As someone who you obviously said as a conscious coach yourself and you've made these shifts, how can someone make this shift in their business to actually really improve? Yeah, perfect question. Well, again, it goes back to the awareness piece. It goes back to, okay, now you know from listening to this, oh, there's this, I can start to manage in a new way. Not manage, but lead. Then... It's, it's the same thing. It's in the practice, right? It, I would say start with your values. That's, that's yes. a really easy way. That's where I was my thought was. Start with your values, right? So for example, I'll, I'll show you how this works in my company. So my, my wellness studio tribe, before we came up with the name, my brother and I, we sat down and we thought about what's our mission, okay? Like, why are we a company? What are we going to do? Like, what's our purpose here, right? So we really started with our why. And there's a great book called Start With Why right, by Simon Sinek. So we started with that. Like, what's our why? Like, Not what we're doing, not how we're doing it, but why are we building this company? Like, oh, we want to serve people and teach them how to be 
the, the masters of their own health and wellness. Okay, so now we know that. Then we thought about what's, what was our vision? Like, what do we want to create? What's our long-term goal that we're moving towards? Okay. And then we sat down and we, we wrote out our 10, our 10 values. And, we, and from there, we said, okay, our values are community, their leadership, their empowerment, their inclusiveness, right? Their dedication. And then once we had all of those, we looked at these three pieces, our mission, our values, and our vision. And we, and we said, wow, we're creating a community. We're creating a, a third home for people to come to where they can learn and grow and feel safe. And then from there, then the name of our brand was created. And we said, oh, wow, we're building a tribe. We're building a community. So I think that's a fabulous place to start is start with your mission, your vision, and your values. And once you have that, that can really start to inform the way you operate. Values, for example, this is a game changer because now let's say, so let's say we know that our, our, one of our top values is empowered leadership, right? Well, anyone we work with, our staff, our coaches, our vendors, if they don't share that same value system, then we can't work with them, right? And it's not from a judgment. It's not from, hey, you're not good enough to work with us. It's no, here's our value of leadership. You don't have that same value. Therefore, we're not on the same wavelength. So we can't do business together because we're not in alignment. And once you get that piece, then it makes business cleaner right? Definitely. And then our clients, totally. our clients, we want them to share those same values. And if they don't, hey, maybe this isn't the place for you. And then we're not selling ourselves, right? We're not trying to get clients. We're, we are attracting and creating the perfect clients for us and vice versa. Um, I would start with values. I would start with the mission, vision, and the values to really give yourself a guiding light. It's almost like your own, it's like an intention, but for the business. Right. And mm. then when you veer off from mm. that intention, then you know where to go back to. Oh, that wasn't in line with our values. Okay. Let's get back to center. Let's get back to focusing on what's important to us. Uh, it's just, they're just beautiful ways to guide you and put some, you know, some like bumper lanes on your direction and your actions. And then after a while, when that becomes the norm to go back to what we talked to you before, then maybe you don't need to have such strict values and missions and visions because your your way of operating is now more from a sense of this heart-centered place, right? Mm. It's some, it just it becomes who naturally. you are, right? And people will notice mm. that, which I love too. Mm. It's like people will really start to notice, wow, this person cares. I think like, for example, there's so many coaches out there now. There's so many yoga teachers, but... The oh, one yeah. thing that you can't teach a coach is to care. Like that's got to come from the inside. Mm -hmm. And when people feel that, when people feel like you're heart centered and you really want them to succeed, that's how businesses flourish, right? That's how, that's how people flourish. So that it all I comes agree. back to me as this heart centered place of operating from service and love and really to help people find their own answers, to help people find their own truths, help people find their own ways of being successful. We can do that. I think we found the win-win. I absolutely love that. I love that. I think that is so needed, so needed in, it doesn't matter what business you are, you can implement this into it, mm -hmm. you know? It doesn't matter what you're doing, you know? You can always implement this idea of values and you can always create more conscious business from this foundation of actually caring about what you're doing, 
the people that are working for you and your clients mm -hmm. you know it's not just about it's not just a money game anymore yeah exactly and I'll, I say this all the time in the yoga teacher trainings I run. I don't think we need more yoga teachers or meditation teachers in a traditional sense, like sitting at the front of the room. You know, you come to my mm -hmm. class. I think we need these leaders in companies, in government, in schools, yes. right? So that now, oh, what's at the forefront of our culture? Values that are like really deep and important, like, you know, non-judgment, non-attachment, unconditional love you know, supporting people, building people, abundance. I think if we can get these value systems running in the background, that's really what's going to change the foreground of our society. So, you know, really talking about having more enlightened people in general in our society and our business. And that's really happening. It really is. But um, I think that's a really powerful way to look at this. Like I love to work with CEOs that want to change their health because once they start mm -hmm. to change their health, what starts to happen at work? what starts to happen in their companies of a thousand people, 10,000 people. Oh, then they start to implement health and wellness programs. They start to ha challenge their employees to find more work-life balance. I've seen that so many times now with the executives I work with. It's like, Oh, you just got to get to the right person. And then that person can have such a massive ripple effect throughout mm. their companies and really throughout their, their societies and communities. Uh, how? By changing themselves, by loving themselves, by operating from their heart. And that's just going to ripple out. So we really don't have to do as much work as we think. We don't have to change the world, right? We don't even mm -hmm. have to change ourselves. We just have to realize that, oh, we're perfect. And that once we learn to love ourselves, then that'll start to get created outside. So that's really, to me, the the basis of the enlightened entrepreneurship or you know, being a conscious coach is these things that are, are all about doing our inner work, cleaning ourselves up, loving ourselves, and then letting that start to show in the world around us. Um, and just as we do that, we begin to affect everyone around us. And it's... It's not that hard. It, in our mind, it sounds <laughs> no, crazy, yeah. but you know, from that sense of practicing it and making it happen at one time, one conversation, one moment at a time, mm. it's pretty easy. Like this conversation, <laughs> exactly. Take it out there. One person and I think, listens to it. Yeah, one yeah, person. Exactly. You know, I'm sure more than that, but someone's going to go, "Wow, mm. I needed to hear that." Maybe they just need to yeah. hear us say one piece. You know, exactly. one thing about. Oh, it's not about doing what Nick Rama says. It's about doing what what makes sense to me we can do that then mm. we've we we found the, another win win doing our know, jobs we got to have sure. we got to have some fun in the process exactly oh i love doing these any excuse to have a conversation have a good talk with uh, and especially like your in, your area interests me so much because it's obviously kind of what i'm very much interested in in terms of that that conscious business so it's been so great to like mm -hmm. hear your perspective on that on that which has been you know really you know eye opening for myself as well so thank you for sharing all of that yeah, I love it. So where can people find you, Nick? Yeah, sure. So my website, nickpaladino.co. If you go there, you can download um, just a, any of the free guides I have on there to connect. Join my email list if you'd like. And then besides that, Instagram handle, Nick Paladino King. I like to share stuff every day around enlightenment, around consciousness, around uh, loving ourselves. So try to be as inspirational as possible there. But those are probably the two best places, my website or Instagram and um yeah, besides that, fun things I got going on right now is uh, I've got a women's group and a men's group uh, for learning how to love ourselves more and be more confident. And then also have a, uh, a coaches group for con people that want to learn how to be more conscious coaches. So those are really fun things that I'm doing and really passionate about uh, right now. But yeah, that's, that's, what, that's it. So thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I love your work with that. And you can find all the links in the show notes as well. Um, so we just wrap up with one question that I ask all my guests, uh, and that's to, sh to share a message from your soul. 
So something that comes up straight intuitively for you. Love yourself. Short and sweet. Love it. <laughs> love yourself. And when you and when you don't love yourself, love yourself more. Love it. Thank you so much. It's been really great connecting with you, Nick. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. And that's a wrap from today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in. Don't forget to tune in next week, Monday and Wednesday, 7 p.m. EST, as more of my guests and myself share some incredible stories and inspire you a little bit further to step outside of your comfort zone and step more into who you are at a deeper level. Don't forget to join our podcast community using the links in our bio and you can connect with us on social media. I hope this episode gave you a little bit of inspiration and the courage to step into your power and share your soul. Thank you again and I'll see you next week.